Why don't we continue to thank and worship God, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, Lord. He is faithful, Lord Jesus. Even when we are faithless, Lord Jesus, He is the Alpha, the Omega, Lord Jesus, and nothing is impossible for Him, Lord Jesus, Lord. When our faith is weak, Lord Jesus, He is there for us, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, we thank You, Lord, for Your goodness and Your mercy, Lord Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah. Why don't we give God a hand clap of praise? Amen. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. This, this song, when Sister Hui was, was worshipping the last song of faithfulness, I was watching the, the Christmas series of Chosen about the story of Jesus from the perspective of Mary and Joseph. And I was really reminded when she, she, she was, we were worshipping about the faithfulness of God. Sometimes we can be so faithless in the God in whom we trust that despite the situation that we are in, despite two messengers talking to Joseph and Mary, they still continue to keep the faith. And the show illustrates the difficulty, the persecution, the innkeepers was, wasn't able to keep them. They have to go to a manger to be born in a place that is difficult. And I was reminded, and I look at chap Luke chapter 1, Elizabeth, the cousin of Mary, said, And blessed is she who believed that there will be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Amen. And I really believe that each and every one of us has word from God before, has God has spoken to each and every one of us. And it's during the time that we go through, the time that we can lose our faith while we wait for the fulfillment of God, of what God has spoken to each and every one of us. And I think we can continue to keep our faith in Him because He says in number chapter 6, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord Make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift His countenance upon you and give you peace. And He will bless us in Jesus' name. Why do we continue to thank God? Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, we know, Lord Jesus, Lord, when our faith is weak, Lord Jesus, you are strong, Lord Jesus. When we are weak, Lord Jesus, you are strong, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness, Lord Jesus, for your faithfulness never ceases, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, Lord. Despite a difficult year, despite a good year, this year, Lord Jesus, Lord, we know, Lord Jesus, we have put our faith in you, Lord Jesus, Lord, that we can turn to you without wavering because you do not waver, Lord Jesus, Lord. You are the same, Lord Jesus. You are the Alpha and Omega, Lord Jesus, Lord. No matter how difficult it is, Lord Jesus, and we wait in anticipation of what 2022 will come, Lord. Healing in relationship, Lord. Healing in fist. Physical body, Lord Jesus, Lord. Provision, Lord Jesus, always from you, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, we know, Lord Jesus, you are our good Father, Lord Jesus. In your name, we keep our faith, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, we know you will bless us and keep us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, some, uh, some announcements for, for this week. Um, we, will, uh, we will continue to pray for the COVID situation. Uh, we have Omicron and we know uh, it's spreading a little bit, but I think that I heard the good news is it's not as severe. Uh, we have probably less uh, hospital. I, I'm not very sure. I'm just reading from the news that uh, it's not really that severe. So we thank God for that and we pray that uh, our, our, our leaders, our task force uh, will know how to deal with this situation. Why don't we pray, Lord Jesus, Lord, I pray, Lord, that this, this new variant, Lord Jesus, Lord, Lord, will come to pass and you will, Lord Jesus, be dissipated, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, you give the wisdom, Lord Jesus, to our governmental task force 
cross, Lord Jesus, and throughout the world, Lord Jesus, political leaders, Lord Jesus, Lord, to know exactly what to do, Lord, what, what measures to put into place, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, we know you are the one in charge of every situation, Lord. Give us the bonus, Lord Jesus, to continue to come together in your name, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, when the people of God pray, Lord Jesus, Lord, we know you will incline your ears to hear, Lord Jesus, Lord, and heal this land, Lord Jesus, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, for provision for each and every one of us, Lord Jesus, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy and your faithfulness never fail, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, that this too will pass in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, for, for, for uh, the offerings, uh, the QR code is there on the screen. Uh, you know what to do. So uh, just scan the QR code. And if you have any questions, please look for the ambassadors uh, for any uh, clarification you need. Why don't we pray for our offerings and tidings, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord. Lord, I know, Lord, you have always provided for each and every one of us, Lord Jesus, every household, every individual, the body of Christ, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, Lord, we know you will pour provision into us, Lord Jesus, Lord. We know, Lord Jesus, whatever we presented to you, even the two fish and five loaves, Lord, you will multiply everything, Lord Jesus, that we have given, Lord Jesus, to the kingdom of God, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, Lord, that coming new year, Lord Jesus, you will let us find favour with all authorities, Lord Jesus, for those who are working, Lord Jesus, in their workplace, for those who are schooling with their teachers and principal, Lord Jesus, Lord, for each and every one, Lord Jesus, we are going to come into contact with, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we pour back to you, Lord Jesus, and you will pour back to us. Lord, we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So just some announcement for this week. This Tuesday, there is no prayer meeting. So no prayer meeting this Tuesday, but instead on the 31st of December, which is the Friday, which also happened to be the end of the year day. So there will be a watch night prayer meeting that starts from 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. So please tune in, uh, you'll be via live stream. And then we will kick off uh, Sunday, next Sunday, uh, 2nd of January, usual place, multi-site services. Yep, uh, 10 a.m. and see everybody here. And the last information is... Uh, uh, we want to inform everybody that uh, we have a upcoming AGM that will be deferred until the early uh, first quarter of 2022. The reason is because uh, the auditors are unable to uh, meet the deadlines that we have set for them. So uh, voting members, you would have received a message or you will be receiving a message soon from, from the church uh, to seek your consent to defer this AGM. Just like every uh, formal meetings, there's uh, a process of... Uh, consentment that we need before we postpone or not postpone anything. So uh, that's something that uh, you will be receiving for all voting members. Check your email, check your SMS, check your push notification. Uh, we will let you know. Uh, the deadline for the form submission for the voting members who receive it is 30th December, one day before watch night. So yes, amen. I'll hand it over to uh, Pastor. Before you remain seated, uh, got a text from Sister Jenny. Uh, her uh, sister Jenny's mother passed away yesterday at the age of 104. Jenny Miller. Okay, so we want to pray for her, uh, you know, and uh, uh, for those of you who do not know who Sister Jenny Miller is, uh, most of us have been taught Bible study by her, so she's doing well, but nevertheless, uh, next year will be a challenging year for her because she, I think she will be going ahead with her hip surgery. 
or whatsoever. So let's, let's pray for Sister Jenny right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we want to commit Sister Jenny into your hands. Lord, we pray for comfort. We pray, God, that your hands will be upon her. Lord, I know, God, when you lose a loved one, God, there's grief, Father. I pray in moments, God, like this, you promise that you are the closest. So, Lord, I pray, God, that she can sense the nearness of your presence, that you will comfort her grieving family, that you will continue to open doors for her family, God, to know you. You are the great comforter. You are the great counsellor. Father, I know Sister Jenny, Lord, desire is to see, God, every one of her family safe, Lord, or at least have heard the gospel. Lord, again, we commit this situation into your hands, God, and also we pray, God, for the heard some of the decisions that she's going to be making in the year 2022. Lord, especially about this major surgery that's going to, she's been delaying, God, I pray, Lord, we still believe that you are able to touch her. We still believe, God, that you are able to orchestrate, Lord, all these procedures. Give her the favour with the doctors, God. Lord, give her the best treatment. Lord, again, God, we commit her into your hands in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. You may be seated. You know, uh, as a pastor today, I, I, I need to mention something that I will require every one of you to cooperate with us a little bit, okay? You know, every Sunday before I come to service, I will pick up my app and I'll look, make sure that, 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 that people will book their seats. <laughs> okay, let, let, let me say this again. This auditorium cannot hold more than 100 people. Everybody say amen. <laughs> and for that reason, okay, we need you to lock in and book your seats as soon as possible because there's a waiting list of visitors that's wanting to come. Isn't that a good news? Come on, raise your hand at me. There are visitors and, and we're going to uh, uh, put some uh, 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 deadlines here. You know, I think by Saturday 12th, you know, I would require that you guys... You know, let us know quickly so that, you know, uh, we can allocate people to the different other locations. Amen. Okay. Everybody say praise the Lord. Uh, you know, turn to your neighbor and say, have you booked your seat next week? <laughs> you know, okay. You know, it is important that you uh, uh, help us today, you know, because every Sunday, every morning when I get up, oh no, this person never booked. Or at least if you, 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 are not coming, say not attending, so that we can give up your seats. Amen. And, and I want to thank all those. Okay, don't book now. Huh? Everybody look at me. Amen. <laughs> okay, don't book now. Later we can do it. I want to thank all those that have responded quickly so that it will help us arrange the proper uh, uh, seatings and so forth. Okay, everybody say praise the Lord. You know, we are trying to make sure that everybody is comfortable, safe, Protected. Amen. Okay, can we do that? Amen. If you can do that, give me a thumbs up. I cannot hear you say amen, but give me a thumbs up. If all of us were just to cooperate, you know, then we can have, uh, you know, a safe environment for us to have service that we don't have to worry for, you know. And, and again, we are trying to allocate as much seats as we can for our guests. So sometimes, you know, uh, you receive, I think, this whole month, January, Okay, uh, we're going to have multi-site service until otherwise. So if you are like me, sometimes it's better to book one month ahead. 
Amen. Uh, some of you need to lock on. You know, there's an X mobile app that we are making this as simple as we can, you know, uh, uh, so that you can reserve your seats. And if you fall sick on that day or on Saturday you fall sick, just call the staff or, or even uh, deregister. Is, it, is, is there such a word? Unregister, okay, yourself so that we can see a slot and we can slot in someone else. And, and we also want to give room for our visitors. Amen. Okay? Everybody say praise the Lord. Come on, thumbs up. Amen. Okay. Thank you. Today we're going to have a very special speaker. You know, again, you'll be hearing me next year. This year we've been hearing all those young preachers coming up. We are training them. Uh, today we are going to be hearing from Peter James. Amen. Brother Peter James. Okay? Uh, again, we want to pray for Brother Peter. Amen. Uh, I know it's not easy for him to be standing up here. You know, uh, now it's no longer 50, now it's 100. So whether you preach to 50, 100, it's the same thing, it's the same message. You know, again, uh, we are excited that uh, around the different multi-site locations, the young men are taking up the load and taking the responsibility to preach. Amen. So can we just stretch our hands? Let's pray, you know, for Peter. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to commit Peter into your hands. Lord, again, we ask, God, that you use him. I pray, God, Lord, your word is already anointed. So now we ask, God, that you anoint the vessel that is going to bring forth that word of God right now. In the name of Jesus, God, may the hands of the Lord be upon him. Lord, may you use him mightily. God, give us your Rima word today, God. Lord, give us ears to hear. Lord, as we will continue, God, to encourage Peter, Lord. Lord, as he goes up there, Lord, again, in the name of Jesus, we commit Peter into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. I want you to repeat after me. Say, everybody say, God bless Brother Peter. Testing, testing. Praise the Lord. Thank you for blessing me so early in the morning together. I really I need all the blessings that I can do with. Alright, so it's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord today. I see some familiar faces after a very very, very long time. I've not seen a lot of people here in a very long time. And I also see some new faces. It's good to see that the church of God is growing all the time. Even in the pandemic, the church is growing. You know, and it's so encouraging. And today, you know, it's funny, Pastor was saying, you know, I, I, I just finished reservists, then I was supposed to go overseas. I was just, I was go, supposed to go to Australia. Right before I was supposed to go to Australia, right? Kana got virus, Omicron. The last time I'm supposed to go overseas, right? COVID come. <laughs> I'm starting to think I'm not supposed to travel overseas. Yeah. Hey, don't see a letter pasta also travel. <laughs> you know, every time, you know, so close, so about, about to book the flight already, yeah. Suddenly, COVID. Then after that, I was like, that time I was supposed to go to Spain. Then suddenly, I was like, hey, never mind, it's okay. Then my mom said, I don't feel so good about it. Really, man, I'm going, what? It's okay, man. Then we decided to wait. Guess what? Next, the following week, right? Spain, what? 300 people passed away. Then I was like, wow. Okay, la, my mother feeling quite good. Uh, so, you know, so I feel like, you know, I, I'm like, God, and, and this is no coincidence. Let's not put things down to coincidence. It's definitely the hand of God. Amen. See, sometimes we don't pay attention and sometimes we don't, we might not acknowledge it, but God is constantly working in our lives. You know, even in the seasons that we feel that we don't hear from God, or even from the seasons that we feel like, hey, I don't know where God is. You know, this year has been a long year. How many of you agree it's been a very long year? 
right? I see some hands up there. It's been a long, long year. People are like, I am so done yeah. with 2021. I am so done. 2020, 2021, I am so done already. Every time you talk, hey, we turn around the corner already. Suddenly got one new curveball coming. Yeah. Then I'm like, wow, again. Wow, Sien. You know, and, and today the message that I come to bring in, I really believe it's the word of God. And I really believe God has a word for you today. Amen. You know, I remember... Um, <laughs> Pastor never tell, I mean, Pastor never tell yet who was preaching, you know. And then I was like, I remember sitting with my sister, and then I was watching some documentary. Like, then suddenly I watched a documentary, I was like, oh, this is very nice at eh? the point. Well, very good, let me take it down. Uh, I think it will be very good for like preaching or something, I take it down. My sister, you preaching, man? I said, no, nah, just in case. Lah. Then suddenly one day or two days later, Pastor said, I'm preaching. I was like, wow, okay, lah. Cannot, cannot fight, right? You know, so today's message, I just want to flash this image that I gave our PowerPoint. Uh, yes, yes, thank you very much. Imagine going to a job interview, right? And then the guy's like, hey, do you have, imagine you're applying for a logistic job, you know, and they're like, hey. Uh, so the guy's like, hey, so you have experience, blah, blah, blah. Then he said, oh, so do you have any uh, inventory skills or not? Inventory skills or not? Then the guy's like, um, I don't have any experience counting inventory, lah, uh, but I'm pretty good at guessing, you know, how many jelly beans in the, the jar? I'm quite good at it. You know, usually got lucky draw, they'll put the jelly beans in the jar. Then they'll say, hey, you guess how many? Then the closest person will win. Imagine you go to an interview and you say that. How convinced do you think your employer will be? Right, about your skill set? They're like, uh, okay, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not a good fit for this job. Lah, huh? They'll say, you know, and I feel that a lot of us go through life just like that. Because we fail to take inventory of our life. Sometimes we fail to acknowledge where we are in our seasons and in our life. And we are all guessing, just like the jelly beans in the jar. Mm, I think uh, 301. 522. You know, I think uh, God wants me to do this. I think uh, I should get this job. I think I should study this course. I think, I think, I think. And we guess our way through life. Amen. And sometimes when things don't turn out the way that we want it to, guess who's the first person who gets blamed? God. <laughs> you told me what, God! No, but we were guessing. You see, so today's message is called Letting Go, Letting God. You know, today I want to preach about the Word of God and say that says that, hey, why don't we let go of our assumptions? Amen. A lot of times, I tell you what 2020 and 2021 has been a lot about. Forget your plans. All those people who love to make plans, forget about it. Amen. Because 2021 2021, if there's anything that has taught you, ha-ha, too bad, not going to happen. That's why it's always been. You know, just when you thought, oh, I can do this, huh? I'm sure TJ, the, the, the office also feel the same way. Oh, we're going to have multi-site. Boom, cannot live stream. Hey, we're going to have 100 people, 200 people. Oh, sorry, cannot, 50 people only. And I'm pretty sure the workplaces also, oh, we cannot, we're going to bring back all our employees back. Oh, cannot, work from home. Every single time, it just keeps changing. And today's message is about letting go and letting God take control. Amen. All right, what do we pray for the... 
for the word today. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today, Lord. Father, we thank you for your truth today, Lord. And I believe, Lord, every person who has been gathered a lot here today, Lord, and even people who are watching on live stream, Lord, I pray that today you will bless them through the ministry of word, Lord, Father. And I pray, let your work speak so clearly to them, Lord, Father. And I pray, let them be ministered to by your word, Lord, Father. Let them, Lord, Father, today decide that they want you to be in charge of their lives, Lord, even as they head into 2022. And I pray that you will bless us, Lord, Father, with your presence, Lord, Father, with your Rema word, Lord. We thank you for all that you're doing and all that you're going to do in 2022, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of TJ says, Amen. Thank you very much. So, Back to uh, my lesson. So every so often, many businesses conduct inventory. Okay? They count what they have on their shelves. They do this because these companies need to know what's on their shelves. They, do the, um, they need to know what they sell. They need to know what they can ship out. They need to sh make sure that they have all the parts on site so that they can manufacture their goods. You know, they need to know that they have enough supplies on hand to service their customers. And the reason why they do inventories is because it's important to know that whatever you think is on the shelf is on the shelf. Right. You cannot just assume, right? Yeah. That's where you have customer service problems. That's where you have issues. I just read an article, I think, uh, it's just yesterday if I'm not wrong. I think, call, I don't know how many of you go like Collins, the Western place. Mm. It was packed. Eh. They were having a lot of customer service problems because they took in a lot of orders but they took a long time to deliver it and they had orders that were wrong and there was a huge queue that, that, that gathered outside and people were unhappy. You know, they were super, they were like, why are you know, complaining and all these things. And it came out in an article. Yeah. You know, why? Because they did not foresee, they did not plan, you know, for that. See, if the, if the database tells them that they have three items on the shelf when in actuality they ran out of supplies a month ago, it's going to be hard for the business. Delivery deadlines will be missed, promises won't be kept customers will be lost. And there are many ways to do inventory. You know, and a lot of you who are working, you should know, some businesses will shut down the entire operation to figure out what's their warehouse. Okay? Some will do over a long weekend. Many of them will do extra overtime, and some of you have been part of it. You know, some businesses will do a small portion every day. Some will do every three to six months. Okay? And others, mostly a lot of them, do it on an annual basis. Others won't even do inventory at all. That's dangerous. Instead, they rely solely on their computer software to keep inventory. Checking only occasionally to see if the data in the computer matches what is on their shelves. And they will address the inventory differences only when they notice the discrepancy. Wow. A bit risky, huh? I know you're hearing all these things and you're like, oh, my this brother Peter, what is he doing? He's running a business or logistic cost, is it? <laughs> But don't worry, I, I, I'm not qualified for that, but I'm just coming to my point. Likewise, every year, many people set aside a special time. And usually, end of the year or the first of every new year. To take inventory of their personal lives. First, they carefully examine all the projects from last year to do list that they didn't finish. You know what's everybody's favourite one? Lose weight. I every year fail that one. Every year, I do the exact opposite one. I think I, I need to just write gain weight. 
then I'll be, 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 I'll be happier if when I'll be happier when, hey, this year I gain weight, really, sir? I at least match my to-do list every year, no? Hey, lose weight, lose weight. Again, one more time, lah. One more time, lah. We just keep doing. Everybody, a lot of it's very popular. Lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, right? And then people will be like, oh, I want to travel to five countries in the new year or three countries in the new year. Guess what? You're not traveling. You know, 2020, 2021, forget about it. You know, so every year we will have this to-do list, you know, and they will formulate the New Year's resolution to the coming year, and they're saying, in essence, it's a new day, it's a new year, I'm going to do new things. And a personal inventory helps to get your life in perspective. It is a closer look at our lives to improve our plans for the future. A personal inventory is just taking a close look inward and outward so that we know where we are coming from and where we are heading. Many people seem to drift in life, and I've been guilty of that, making the same mistake repeatedly, not learning or growing. Right, how many of us have gone through that before? Let's be honest. We say we want to do this this year, but we don't end up doing it. Hey, I'm going to be a better this person. Maybe I'm going to be a better employee, or a better brother, or a better student, or a better whatever it is, but we always sometimes we feel like we fall short. So how much more is it important to do an inventory of our spiritual condition? It is good for us to take inventory because it is good to step back and simply see where we are in our walk with God. Because you know why? Sometimes we think we are walking with God, but actually God is there. And we are walking almost in the opposite direction. And every time we take inventory, we're like, okay, I need to realign myself. Because, let me tell you something, 2022, I pray that you head into 2022 with God by your side. There is no better way than to head into 2022 than God by your side. Because you do not want to head into a new year. I mean, if anything 2021 has shown you, it's uncertainty. Life is not predictable. It's far from it. But guess who's dependable? God is dependable. His word is dependable. His direction is dependable. It might not be according to your timing, but it's always right. It always comes at the right time. And that's why we do a personal spiritual inventory of what we are doing and where we are every year. Alright? It may be that just what is on your shelf isn't what you think is on your shelf, your personal lives. It may be that when you think what is true about yourself isn't really true once you begin to examine yourself. I tell you, uh, sometimes uh, you think certain things about yourself, uh, but it's not true. Uh. You know how to find out? Ask the people very close to you. And they will tell the people who don't hold back. Uh. You know, sometimes I will ask my sister. My sister never hold back. Uh. She will just tell me, as it is now, I'll be not happy with her comment. I ask for it, right? I'll be like, I'll ask, hey, what do you think? Uh? Ah, terrible, horrible. Can do better. Oh, what do you know? You know, now I'll be offended. My mother, the sayang sayang kind. Can one la, very good eh. Good job. You know, sayang, my mother say, I, I like I like to go to my mother. And I had to ask her this. Yeah, very good, very nice. I'm very proud of you. Thank you, ma. My sister, no, cannot make it. And and that's the truth. We need to come. Husbands go to wife. Wife goes to husband. If you're a ch- if you go to your sibling, your siblings sometimes are the most honest people, right? You know, and sometimes your employer tells you something that you might not like, and that's that's what that's why they have a review every year to tell you how you are. 
Not everybody enjoys it, but you, want to, you need to hear it, right? How, what's your performance like this year? Do you hit your target? Do you hit your quota? That's what they're doing, a personal review. See, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 40. It says, Let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. And I love the message version. It says, Let's take a good look at the way we are living and reorder our lives under God. We are always so preoccupied with finding, especially Singaporeans, uh, we are so preoccupied with finding the right or the best or the perfect school, the job, the person for my life, the house. You know, I want the biggest house, the nicest house. I want the best job for me. I want to go for the, best, the most exclusive program. You know, but have you stopped to think, am I the right person for it? We are always looking for something that's better and best and right. But have we considered, are we right? Are we all together? Are we whole? Before we go into a relationship or before we enter a job or we join a program, are we ready? Are we equipped? Have you identified unhealthy patterns in your life? Change what you can about yourself. Are we growing or declining in character development? Are we moving towards our life goals and hindering obstacles? Are, are they stopping us? Are we growing our relationship with God? And what changes do we need to make a move ahead effectively? You see, if we want to have a genuine assessment and inventory of our lives, who better to ask than God? We must allow Lord to take an inventory. Psalms chapter 139, verses 23 to 24 in the Amplified Version says, Search me thoroughly, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. 2021, a lot of anxious thoughts. A lot. And that's why there's been an increase on mental distress. A lot of people have been going for counselling. A lot of relationships have been affected. A lot of people have been let go of jobs. A lot of anxiety. A lot of mental distress. Test me and know my anxious thoughts, O oh God, and see if there is any wicked or hurtful in me and lead me in the everlasting way. See, we need God's help to see to see things as they are and to face any inappropriate behaviour without making excuses for ourselves. And sometimes, I'm telling you the best way, right, is to just get in a room, just lock down and just say, God, I want to talk to you. Uh, to be very honest with you, right, I think, I think right, it's easier for God to tell me than somebody else. Because God tells me it might be painful, but it's between me and God. But when somebody tells me, I find it harder to receive it. What do you know? How are you qualified? But when God tells me, does it hurt? Maybe. But who better than God to tell you where you are and what you're doing with your life? You see, God loves you and He wants to help to eliminate those things in your life that may be hurting you and hurting others. But before He can help you, we must face up to the facts that this problem exists. Neil T. Anderson, in The Victory Over Darkness, he says this, something in your past is unresolved and therefore still has a hold on you. When we head into 2022, and this is, a new year, this is the end of the year message, before we enter 2022, if there's something that's holding on to us, we want to resolve it. We want to let go. We want to drop off those baggages, right? Baggages that do not belong on this trip, on this journey in 2022. Right, you, do, you don't want to check in a baggage that does not belong in this trip. Why are you paying the extra price? I mean, we, of all the people, we Singaporeans don't love to pay the extra cost, right? We're always trying to squeeze things into our, our bags and our luggages so that we can save money. Oh, don't want to check in. Wow, I got so much money, it costs extra. Why are we bringing all those excess baggage? 
God today wants to tell you, right, let go of things in your life. Letting go is hard. We may think that God will drop the ball. That's right. We think God will drop the ball. Ironic, but it's true. Sometimes because, you know why? We think we are the best people to be in charge. And we think that God will drop the ball. But He never drops the ball. We may fear not being in control because we are afraid of the empty hands that we will have when we release the little that we try to possess. By not releasing whatever we are clinging on to God, we are essentially saying, I don't trust you. My way is better. I know best. John Bevere said, Pride keeps you with dealing with truth. It distorts your vision. You never change when you think everything is fine. Can I have that image? Sometimes holding on does more damage than letting go. Let that image sink in your mind. A lot of guys who serve NS, you all know, SOC, you know, then you climb the rope, uh, wow, always got abrasion, uh, then burn, uh, whatever it is. Just think of that. And for a lot of people, that's what we're doing. We're holding on to all these things. Uh, gripping it. I don't want to let go. I don't want to let go. I think because I'm, I'm the best person to, to be in charge of this. And it's doing you more harm. Look at that first picture at the top. It's causing your abrasion, blisters, pain, unnecessary pain. But all God is asking you today is let go. Let go and let me in charge. And sometimes the thing about us is we are not comfortable with God's timing. That's why we find it hard to let go. You know, because you know why? We live in a society where everything is instant. Microwave, instant. Grab, I book, must come now. Why is it called fast food? Because it's fast. You know, I go to McDonald's, I need my food. That's all the people at college are complaining. Because they order, they expect the food to be ready. You know, we live in a society that is instant gratification. Now, 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 fast, fast, fast. And God is the exact opposite. He's like, wait, 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 wait. And we don't like it. I love musicals. Uh. I really love musicals. So imagine MBS, uh, you go musical. Uh. Imagine it's a theatre like this. And maybe an uh, example, uh, I sing Lion King musical uh, or whatever musical, a uh, famous one, Aladdin or whatever it is. And I come uh, three months early or two months early for the musical. And I sit in the theatre. And I'm like, hey, where are the people? Hey, why are they not playing the song? Hey, why is there no song? Why is there no performance? Hurry up, eh? And waiting. And that's what we do in life. We come too early. And then we keep asking, where? God, why God? Haven't happened, haven't happened. It's not God's fault that you're not according to His timing. That's what we do. We go to a performance early and we expect the performance to go according to our time. But we came two months early, you sit in the musical and you're waiting for them to perform. But guess what? As you sit alone in the theatre, you think nothing is happening. But all you see are empty seats and closed curtains. What you cannot see is a flurry of activity on the other side of the curtain. Behind the scenes, actors are learning their lines. The builders are creating the sets. Costume designers are rushing to fashion the right outfit for the performance. And one day, finally, it is time. The orchestra begins, the house lights dim, the curtains open, and the show begins. Just because you cannot see, it doesn't mean nothing is happening. God is always at work. Night and day, dusk and dawn, one day the curtains will part in your life and you will see what God has been doing behind the scenes for you. And for some of us, 2020 and 2021 has been that. We have been in hibernate mode a lot of times. 
Sometimes we are feeling very frustrated. We cannot do this. I cannot do that. Ah, very angsty. God is saying, wait. Hold on. I've got something. When we surrender our will, we rely on God totally and trust that He has something better suited for us and He will provide. We can make our plans, but God, our God promotes or prevents. He advances or denies. As you release your grip on whatever that is you're holding on so tightly and replace it with Jesus and His truth, He's going to restore your weary and wavered and willful heart and lead you to brighter days. A wise man, Solomon, reminds us, everybody knows this scripture, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. My question to you today is, what time is it in your life? Okay, so today I'm going to go four stages that you could be in, in your life right now. Nobody could be in the same stage. You could be in different stages. And it's not a competition. Guess what? If you're in a certain stage, one stage behind, that doesn't mean you're any lousier or you're any less spiritual or you're any less qualified. It just means you are in a season that God wants you to be in. Right? So, like I said, we, we, we live in a society where we're always competing. Oh, I need to be the best in everything. This is not, oh, I need to be the best in everything. Where are you? We need to identify that. So the first stage is called twilight. Okay? Twilight is all about endings. Twilight is all about endings. Okay? It's a time of endings. The sun and the issues are both disappearing. That's what twilight does. Right? The sun is slowly setting. And you learn that sadly, loss and brokenness are part of life. Yet how you deal with endings, how you handle the emotional and mental fallout of your situation in healthy or unhealthy ways will determine the quality of your future and your life. Remember this, twilight is a time of transition. God uses seemingly dead times in our lives to heal, replenish, and prepare our hearts for the next season in our lives. Alicia uh, Chloe says this in her book, Anonymous, there in the poorly lit crawl spaces of life, which basically could mean transitions, prolonged waiting, new additions to the family. Brother Chris, you have a new baby. It's a new addition to the family, right? Preparatory education, people who are changing school. Relocation, people who change house. An unexplainable loss. There are people who lost loved ones in this season. You know, people who are sick. And sometimes you don't have the answers for that. Extended illness irresolvable conflict and all these things tend to hide us. See, God builds within us a sturdy support system for our souls. If we do not respect His craftsmanship in unapplauded seasons, all that is visible in our lives will rest on fragile foundation and eventually the added weight of the visible brings we will experience collapse. Hide in Him. Rest in Him. The Lord is healing, repairing, and rebuilding your lost, weary heart. In doing so, He will also provide comfort and support and need. If today you're sitting in this congregation and you're thinking to yourself, I think that sounds like me. If you feel that you're in a season of transition, then this word is for you. Don't be impatient. Don't be frustrated. 
This is a transitional stage. Endings are part of life. In fact, much of life is about beginnings and endings, transitions and changes, losing and finding a new. You graduate from high school or college, you start a job, you leave a job or ministry, you launch into another one. Sometimes you move from one part of the country to another and begin all over again. Loss and gain, good and bad, life and death are all part of life. And life has its cycles. And sometimes we, we struggle with that. We struggle with the seasons that we go through. And sometimes we don't know how to express ourselves, especially when we go through loss and pain. Right? I mean, we, we are Asians, especially we're Singaporeans. We like to, you know, don't like to show, don't like to reflect a lot of emotion. I'm okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. Hey, Peter, how are you? I'm great. But actually, I'm not. Doing terrible. Long wait. Oh, whatever can go wrong has been going wrong. But guess what? I need to put up a very fun. Why? Oh, because I leader lah. Or because I need to be example to people. Oh, I'm good. I'm great. Praise God. God is good. You know, we see this, we do this. As Christians especially. So often, okay, you see people hide their pain. They put on a pretend smile when inside they are dying emotionally. Like a duck that's gliding across the pond, the surface of a pond. The duck seems very calm and unruffled. But if you bring the camera right, underwater, you see the duck paddling super fast. It's paddling to like much like saving its life like that. That's us. On the top, on the surface level, we're all like, yeah, fine, 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 fine. But oh my gosh, my gosh, behind the scenes, back at home, when I'm all alone, paddling, 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 paddling. Anne Graham says this in her book, so often our primary ambition is to escape pain or feel good or be delivered from a problem when instead we need to keep our focus on the big picture of what God is doing in our life and the lives of others through pain or problems. Our principal aim, she continues, should be to glorify God, not to be honoured or to be healthy or to be happy. And that's where we always get the problem because we always think we need to be honoured we need to be healthy or we need to be happy. The three H. Right? Oh, I, 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 people must say good things about me. If not, I'm not doing a good job. You know why? My validation comes from what people say about me. Oh, I need to be honoured. Oh, Peter, you did a great job today. Thank you. Wow. My, my, my security, my validation, all oh, come ready. Very good. Thank you very much. You know? Oh, you need to be healthy. Or oh, if I sick means God doesn't like me. You know? Right? If, I, if I'm sick or my loved one is sick, that means I'm not a good Christian. God doesn't like us. You know? Or, or if I'm not happy you know, in my job or my, in my workplace or in my school or my program, or that means God is not in my life. And we mistake that. Our primary purpose to ensure that God is glorified in everything that we do. Our focus is on the wrong thing. Losses need to be dealt with, not suppressed or ignored. We need to understand there are consequences that may occur if you just try to get over it. Hey, just get over it, lah, bro. How many of you, like, guys, we always say this, right? Hey, don't let that, lah. get over it, lah. So emo, hey, just get over it, lah. you know? You know and, 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 and if you don't properly grieve your losses and process your emotional and mental pain, there are going to be consequences. Don't rush through life. I know, I know in Singapore, we always need to rush through everything. Our job, our, our school, our projects, our deadlines, we're always rushing through everything. So sometimes what we do is we just push back all these things that God is trying to deal with us. I mean, the last thing you need, right, is you have this issue uh, and you bring it to 2022 with you. 
And guess what? That is going to affect you in 2022. In whatever you do. It's going to taint your, your perception of not only God, but everything that you do. But God is saying, hey, you're going to deal with that. Let it go in 2021. Drop it off. Before you bought the plate, drop it off. Alright? You see, endings come in life and working through loss can be devastatingly difficult. But it's important to acknowledge our loss and come to terms. And, we, and, we, we, and some of us, I don't know who I'm speaking to here today or somebody who in live stream, some of us have lost certain things. In 2020, I know personally of friends whose marriages has been affected. Jobs has been affected. Maybe they are, they've been working there for a long time. They've been let go. I know of uh, partners who have split up, husband and wife who have split up. People whose loved one passed away. I personally know. And it's difficult. But we need to acknowledge our loss and come to terms with it. And how does that, how can you do go about doing it? Let me tell you a practical way to go about doing it, okay? Make a list of what you have lost. You create a list, things I've lost. And that may include people. And for some people, it might even be feelings, not just things. You know, I've lost my job. I've lost a friend, friendship. You know, somehow I, I do things with. Or maybe for some of us, the dream of marrying a person. Maybe you're single or maybe you thought, oh, my life was supposed to be with this person. But guess what? It didn't turn out the way that you were supposed to be. And you're coming to terms with it. Write it down. Things that I've lost. Because that list, you can lift it up to God and say, God, I've lost all these things. I need you to help me redeem it, Lord. Because you see, when what God does is so beautiful. The things that you have lost, He trades it. He trades it for something better. What we think we may have lost is so good, but God has something better for us. When you do, be rest assured that God will not leave you in a place of despair. In time, He will lead you on to a beginning anew. It's comforting to know that God redeems loss and pain. The word redeem means to trade in, exchange or transfer. God excels in converting heartache to healing and redeeming things that have been tossed away into something worthy or wonderful. Luke chapter 6 verse 21 says, Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Psalms chapter 126 verse 5 to 6 says, Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. And this was talking about the people who were in captivity in Babylon because guess what? They were being restored to the promised land. Guess what? The, where they started out was not where they wanted to be, but where they're heading is a better place to be. So now, we're moving from the first stage to the second stage. Night. Okay, you've crossed dawn, night. If you're a night, this is about healing, emotional and mental pain. Okay? We can choose to stay asleep in the darkness of bitterness, resentment and hopelessness of 2021 with the curtains closed tightly. You know, when you're sleeping at night and your curtain closed, because you, you don't want the sunlight to come in, right? You close it tightly so you can sleep in. With the curtains closed tightly and no light penetrating our hearts, we can wallow, we can mope and keep moping. I don't want to get out of bed. What is there to do in life? No good. What? What's the point of living? Everything is so bad. I get up also, everything is so bad happened to me. Murphy is my best friend because you know Murphy's law. Everything I do is so wrong. This is, I, I don't know how many of you know that because it's an old book and an old show. It's called Great Expectations 
Okay, uh, it's a classic literature. Okay, there's this character called Miss Havisham, if I'm not wrong, right? What she does is she was jilted on her wedding day. So what did Miss Havisham do? Miss Havisham was so devastated that she left all the clocks in her house at 20 minutes to 9. Because that was the time that she received the heartbreaking news from her fiancé. And she never changed them. The woman held on to her hurt for years, leaving everything as it was on that dreadful day. The decaying remains of the wedding banquet littered the tables. She continued to wear the faded wedding dress. Every day, she stared at the painful reminders of the past that she clung on tightly to what could have been. Feeling her life was ruined, she let her house and herself live in ruin. See, every little hurts and repeated disappointments can pile up and turn into a mountain of resentment. Or we can learn to grieve properly, the biblical way. Tim Baker in his book, Broken, says, Sorrow is entirely underrated. Sometimes we feel that crying is showing weakness and that real Christians, if they are truly safe, would never feel sorrow or cry. If, if today you came into this place or if you're watching this on live stream and you think Christians are not supposed to cry, that's a lie. Okay? When you become a Christian, life is not a bed of roses. Okay? I will, I'll, I'll straight out tell you that and I'm pretty sure Pastor will back me out on this. Life is not a bed of roses. You are going to go through tough times. Okay, as Christians, in fact, you should go through tough times. Because in persecution, great things happen. In tough times, great things are formed in these times. Okay? But guess what? Crying is fine. Weeping is fine. Author and speaker Joe Briscoe says, God gives us enough tears to keep our clay moist so that He can mold us. If we truly believe that God is our potter and we are His clay, we need to believe that the tears that we have, it helps to mold us the way that He wants us to be. Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. That's what an awesome scripture. God doesn't leave you in the state that you are. That he says, I'm there. And that's why he's known as the great comforter. Right? Aren't you glad for that? I'm glad that when I am weeping, I am mourning, there is a great comforter who can, who can comfort me. You know why? Because more than anybody, people, Jesus knows what sorrow and grief is. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3 to 4. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and pain and acquainted with grief. And like one who men hide their faces, he was despised and we did not appreciate his worth or esteem him. But in fact, he was born our griefs. He took on our griefs and he has carried our sorrows and pains. Guess what? This scripture says you are not supposed to carry it on your own. This scripture tries to tell you that God, Jesus, is helping us. He, he wants to take it on because that's what He did on the cross. Yet, we ignorantly assume He was stricken, struck down by God and degraded and humiliated by Him. See, today, you can choose to ignore your pain or in the midst of your pain and darkness, you can look to the light of God's truth for hope and healing and wholeness. Psalms chapter 139. Even the darkness is not dark to you and conceals nothing from you. But the night shines as bright as day, 
Darkness and light are alike to you. What may seem dark to us is nothing to God. He sees all things. And as people of faith, and this is a reminder, especially if you're a Christian and a person of faith, it is crucial we don't forget in the dark what we've learned in the light. Remember that. As difficult as 2021 might have been for you, it is important to understand how these trying times can help us more than we know. There was this research done by scientists in Arizona in early 1990s. They created a controlled and indoor environment called Biosphere 2, which housed eight researchers for two years. Okay? Here they studied the effects of air, water, soil on the environment and learned, among other things, that trees need wind to grow strong and tall. Without wind and the resistance it provides, the trees bend over and they crack along the ground. How many of you go out there and you see the tree? Wow, very nice. Gives me shade. So big, so tall. You know, I love it. But they found out that without winds, without resistance, trees grow on the ground. So in the same way, instead of wilting, the winds from your difficulties and disappointments can make you stronger. Remember that. We need these things. Amen. We need these trials. We need these trying times. In the darkness, you're releasing, you're grieving losses, disappointments, healing, mental and emotional pain. And for some, it, may, it could mean discovering the power of forgiveness. Somebody might have done you wrong. Maybe God does not want you to bring unforgiveness into 2022. It means releasing it. And as you learn to experience God's love in deeper ways, it's important to know that healing takes place in the journey, not in the destination. You don't get the healing when you reach the final destination. Eh? You receive healing while you're traveling in that journey, slowly but surely. But guess what? Even if you're not ready for the day, it cannot always be right. Night, right? I mean, sometimes we do we do wanna be like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna go to work. You know, I mean, all your parents will know, huh? or your children will say, I don't go to school. I do want Monday. The employees will say, I don't wanna go to work Monday, Monday blues. You know, I don't get out of bed. But guess what? It will always not be night. It will be day. Yes. Okay? So that means you have to get up. Okay? And now you stand at a crossroads. And, and before you, there are two paths. One is a way of hope. Hope road. And the other is a path of hopelessness. Right. It's called despair drive. It is a defining moment to have hope or not to hope. Which road will you take right. in 2022? But beware... I tell you something, uh, walking down despair drive is dangerous because not making a decision about which path you want to take is a decision in itself. Yes. It is understandable to have a heavy heart after a long and terrible season, but don't lose heart. Okay? Resignation to hopelessness can lead to isolation, alienation, and further misery. And you may miss out on support and love and friendship, the very things that you need. You know, sometimes we do that. Oh, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to hang out with anybody. Because people make me upset. People make me angry. I, don't, I, I think I won't be in very good company. I don't want. And you isolate yourself. Because I'm saying, no, you need a community. You need people to love you. You need people to support you. That's why he created a church. Right? If not all of you can be just at home, right? That's why we have a community to love and support you and encourage you. And now we're coming to the third stage. It's called dawn. Nine is over. It's dawn. You know what dawn is? It's awakening hope. However, you should walk down the hope. 
road, you find yourself in the dawn stage. In the dawn, you're renewing, learning to wait well, awakening hope. How many of you here have watched Castaway before? Right? Some of you, yeah. Uh, some people know are uh, too young, uh, maybe never watched before. Uh. I love that movie. I cannot believe Tom Hanks, one person can, the whole movie, act like that one. I really respect to him. Just him, man. Just him and Wilson. How did he do that? How? How? You know, like after, for some, for some of us, uh, we never talk to anybody. Uh, we want to die already. Right? We, we need some company. We need some family people. We need some friends. We need talk. We need, but how did Tom Hanks do that? You know, you see in that movie, Castaway, for those who, who have not watched it, Chuck, he's stranded alone in a deserted island. Nothing, nobody uh, with him. Okay? And his only friend, right, was a volleyball. You all know the name of the volleyball? There you go, Wilson. Okay, and Wilson washed ashore one day. Okay, and he's been there a long time. He has no idea if anyone is going to come and rescue him. Finally, four years later. What? Four years. I four hours, four days, never talk to people and you want to die already. Four years. A large piece of sturdy plastic comes in with the tide, enabling him to build a raft. And after many days at the sea, Chuck is rescued by a passing boat on a ship. And once home, a friend asks him, how did he make it through these long, lonely days? And Chuck says, you have to keep breathing because someday the tide's going to come in and you never know what the tide's going to bring in with it. You've got to keep breathing. You've got to keep surviving. You've got to keep walking. You've got to keep going. I know it looks bad, but guess what? Night is over. There is hope around the corner. There's hope around in 2022. That's what I'm telling you here. All right? Waiting is active. Waiting is more than just passing time. It's not doing nothing. Sometimes we think, oh, and it's true, you know. I mean, you always see the experiments, right, where they do the children, they put a the marshmallow, then they say, if you wait longer, then you get to eat more. If not, you, you eat the whatever is there. Then you see, oh, half the kids, oh, come on, they eat the marshmallow, finish really. And then some of them, they get the reward, they're very happy. And some, some of us, uh, if, we, if I were to put you in a room right now today, uh, no phone, no laptop, no internet, just in the room by yourself. One whole day, 24 hours. How many of you think can just wait and survive? Be honest with yourself. No book, no nothing, uh, just you and your thoughts. And some of you don't want to be with your thoughts also, trust me. Trust me. Confirm, uh, you don't want to be with your thoughts 100%. That's why we go through life. We very keep ourselves busy because we don't want to process our thoughts and our emotions. Because we're very uncomfortable about processing it. So that's why we keep ourselves busy. Because if I'm busy, then I don't have to, to, to go and manage my emotions and my thoughts. Ma. So imagine if I put you in a room today, nothing, no internet, no book, no nothing, no entertainment, no Netflix, no Disney+, Plus, no nothing. <laughs> nothing, no nature also, no trip. You will die. You'll be like, oh my God, I'm dying. So waiting is more than just passing time. It's not doing nothing. The work of waiting is believing God. Not just believing God, but believing Him. It's trusting and having faith that one who delights will be giving, will provide what is best for each of us. Waiting is proactive time. It is not a passive one. Remember that. Be assured though, that walking in a hope road, right, it's not like Disney cartoon. I mean, now they don't do it, but if you watch an old Disney cartoon, the princess, when she go down the road, suddenly the bluebirds will come. Then they will bring the ribbon. Then after that, she'll walk, then the flowers will bloom on the road one. Then after that, every, then the chipmunks will wave at her. You know, then they will like, oh, so nice, you know. Let me tell you something, walking down the, the road of hope is not like that. 
okay? Disney sometimes paints a picture that's not realistic. Alright? Okay? You, your, your life is not going to be like that, but as you walk down the Hope Road, you may have obstacles. You may have roadblocks. And in fact, you might not even be able to see the way ahead. Okay? And you may feel lost. So what are some things that can have a roadblock, that may cause roadblock? Okay? Number one, false hope. See, if you walk down the, the, the hope road, there's such a thing called false hope. Because there's always an opposite of something, right? Usually, right? There's a real, there's a true hope. There's a false hope. And not knowing the difference between false hope and true hope is dangerous. False hope is optimistic, but yet blind to reality. It is wistful thinking or vain imaginations. Wow, I think my life, huh? It's going to be like that. If I get this job, I think my bonus will be very good. I can buy that car that I need, the house that I need. Or if I marry that person, wow, that will be very popular. I will have one million new followers. I will have all... Yeah. Vain imaginations. Positive. Optimistic thinking. Okay? That's false hope. Okay, we need to be grounded Amen. in the Word of God. Because yeah. God's Word is true. Okay? What other obstacles? Fear and doubt. Another roadblock to hope is the double punch of fear and doubt. You know, when you go boxing, they give you those, you know, the hook punch, you know, one-two punch. Fear and doubt is that one-two punch. It's important to know that even when you're hopeful, it doesn't mean that you will never again give, give in to fear or doubt. We might fall into fear and doubt again. Okay? Sometimes God places the best things in life on the other side of fear. Remember this. Sometimes God places the best things in life on the other side of fear. We need to cross that threshold. God knows that we're human. He created us. He asked us to cast our cares and not reel them back in. Psalms chapter 55, verse 22 says, Cast your burden on the Lord, release it, and He will sustain and uphold you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken or rather slip, fail, or fall. Okay? Third, misplaced hope. You have false hope, you have fear and doubt, you have misplaced hope. What is misplaced hope? What is the difference between false hope and misplaced hope? When something is in the wrong place or lost, it is often called misplaced. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, I misplaced. Uh, this I'm not joking, I'm serious. I really misplaced my handphone today. I don't know where I placed it. Later I need to look for it. Okay? So if anybody find my handphone in the front row, just let me know. Okay? Thank you. Uh, but yes, misplaced hope is like my handphone. Okay? Misplaced, wrong place already. Okay, when we hope in a person or a thing to fulfill us instead of God, our hope is misplaced. Our thought life can get hijacked on the highway of hope when we succumb to if only thinking. We do this uh, a lot. Uh. It's called if only. Yeah. Everybody has done this before. If only I could get that job, uh, I will really get ahead in life. If only uh, my family was well to do or better off, uh, I think I will be doing so much better in life. If only uh, I had girlfriend, I'll be happy. If I get married, uh, I will never be lonely again. If only my partner uh, was understanding, we would have a better relationship. If only, if only, if only. We all go through this just in different ways. Different scenarios, different situations, different circumstances. If only, if only. And when I was younger, I had a lot of these thoughts. Why, why like that one? If only uh, my family, or if uh, only uh, we could be like that family, or uh, if only my parents like that, or my sibling like that, or my, my, my army camp uh, like that, you know, I always comparing one. 
if only, if only. Don't give in to such thinking. Okay? And the last two factors or roadblocks are the enemy, obviously. The, <laughs> the evil one tries to skew our perspective and keeps us from trusting God. The enemy wants to deceive us and thinking that God doesn't love us or want the best for us. And finally, the miscellaneous difficulties. Basically, worry, rejection, obsession, anxiety, this can be our roadblocks too. They can come with you at the force of an opposing army. Important for you to overcome these blockages. Chuck, Chuck Swindle says, it is not what happens to you, it's how you respond to it that makes a difference. Everybody in life will go through difficulty. Okay, I tell you, I will give everybody a chance. Uh, some, some, everybody will tell you something has happened to them in life. It could be minor or major, but something bad can always happen. And whether you're younger or older, single or married, richer or poorer, hard times will come. And become equipped with a hopeful heart is essential no matter what your living status is. We can march confidently because you know why? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, chapter 5, verse 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight, living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. As you walk the road of hope, it is important that you know what you're hoping for. It is what you want. Hoping is not dreaming. It is not spinning an illusion. I, I mean, you all watch, you all watch uh, Marvel movies, right? All right. Got Doctor Strange, right? You know, he's always casting all this spell, all this illusion, right? Uh, hoping is not spinning an illusion or fantasy to protect us from our boredom or our pain. It's not a reality stone, okay? It means a confident, alert expectation that God will do what He said He will do. It is a willingness to let God do His way, His time. Hope is confident expectation that you'll receive what you hope for, a desire that will come to pass. If you planted a seed of a bean or a sunflower seed, what do you think will come out? Sunflower, right? Or bean, right? You cannot expect apple or orange, right? Or durian, right? I hope not. Lah. Okay? You, you, you get what you plant. You get what you sow. And it will take time. See, and likewise, that's what we need to acknowledge. If we sow things in the spirit, if we sow things in the lives of people, we can expect that in return. You know, if you're giving yourself in ministry and in life and into the, into the word of God, God will always bless you. But you will come in his due time. Hope has its own rhythm. Larry Crabb says in The Shattered Dreams, we cannot rush it. The water of life will find its way down the mountain mm -hmm. to fill from the lake which we can drink. Hope will take time. Mm -hmm. You cannot rush hope. Okay? If you rush hope, you know what it's called? False hope. Okay? Real hope, biblical hope is different. Biblical hope is confident trust in the reliability of God's promises. It's solid, strong, because it's based on God's word. The road of hope provides a sense of destination that you're on a way to a better place, the abundant life, the rich, full life that God has promised us in John 10.10. 10. The thief does not come except to steal and kill but, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life, that you may have it abundantly. Okay, abundant life is not about accumulating stuff. Well, that's what, and unfortunately, that's what Singaporeans think. Abundant life means you know sometimes we have what is it the five or the six C's? Is it I don't know a condo like cash la, credit card la, I don't know what is it. I forgot la, what is it. We think that's abundant life. Okay, abundant life is not about accumulating stuff. It's about being spiritually full, bursting with the goodness of God in your life, not being bleak or empty. It is learning to walk in victory. 
not being a victim to circumstances and finding satisfaction and joyful confidence because you know who you are and whose you are. Amen. And guess what? Biblical hope believes that God will give you good things and he protects and he provides as he sees best. Psalms chapter 84 verse 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows grace and favour and honour. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Amen. Early dawn is right just before sunrise. No longer night, not yet day. It is in between. It signals a significant shift for some of us in our life. With the darkness ending, the day in the horizon, you begin to transit to a whole new frame of mind. Waking up and walking on. You've made it through the hardest part. You're further away from darkness and you're closer to light into your new beginning and as the pain and troubles fade you're closer to peace as the heart it fades you're closer to hope and guess what as the first fingers of morning inch close across the horizon the light of dawn awakens hope and you begin to understand about God's character how he redeems losses and restores brokenness but you know what's the problem with us sometimes we have a false perception of God CJ Mahaney says, on a daily basis, we are faced with two simple choices. We can either listen to ourselves and our constantly changing feelings about our circumstances, or we can talk ourselves about the unchanging truth of who God is and what He's accomplished for us at the cross. Far too often, we choose to passively listen to ourselves. We sit back and let the view of our God be shaped by constantly by our shifting feelings and our ever-changing circumstances. You know, uh, let me show you something. Uh, Pastor, can I get you to sit here, Pastor, if you don't mind? I think the chair is okay. La. If something happened, I'll hold somebody responsible. Okay. Okay. Comfortable, Pastor? Okay, you, you face that side. Okay, thank you. Okay, don't face me. Uh. Okay. Sometimes uh, our perception of God, right, is God is like that. And imagine with me, uh, this big office chair, this, you know those boss, big boss seat kind, big executive chair, and his back is towards us. And then uh, we always approach God. Uh. Scared a bit. Uh. I scared. Uh. Uh, because we always scared. I don't want to bother him. Because he's too busy. You know? Uh, he, he only looked to me for urgent circumstances. Death in the family. Sick illness. Wow, I'm right, going to die. Cancer. COVID. Then only God will look at me. But I don't want to tell him about how I'm feeling right now. I don't, I don't want to tell him about what I'm going through right now. Who, God doesn't care about my life. He doesn't care about what I'm feeling right now. You know, and we think God is this person. If we don't want, we, we go near there, we like, uh, uh, and then I must approach him with fear and trembling. And it's not a good kind of fear and trembling. Eh. It's a bad kind. Eh. It's your perception, your false perception of God that God is scary. You're going near, you're going near. And then, uh, if I, if I, my thought is, if I talk to God uh, in his oversized chair, he'll turn around and he'll talk to me very fast and quick. And that's all. And he go away. Hey, Pastor. Oh. <laughs> go away. You know, you know we, we expect a short and wise answer from God and then we get out as fast as we can. That's our perception of God. Because of movies, or maybe because of books, or maybe because of what people tell us. We think that's God. God is up there in heaven, sitting on that high throne, and He doesn't want to talk to me. And I don't want to approach Him. Guess what? 
even, even more so, huh, when we are feeling down, enemy will come whisper, you sure you're going to talk to God? You sure or not? You think he got any time for you? You see, he's got his back turned to, to, towards you. You are a sinner, leh. you guilty. When was the last time you prayed? Two weeks ago? <laughs> Fat hope of you getting God's attention. God only listens to people who pray every day. One. You, what? You never go to church? Oh, or be good. Forget about it. Going to hell, confirm one. That's what the devil does. And we dare not approach God. You see, Nancy Lee, Demos says in Brokenness, the closer we get to God, the more clearly we see ourselves as we really are. The truth of the matter is, God is not like that. God is facing us. And His hand is always outward, inviting us. Unfortunately, this chair cannot bear both our weight. So I'm not going to sit in your lap, especially my weight. Uh, but, yes, God is asking us, He's calling us, come, come, come. You know, God, right, he's, he's wanting you to get as close to Him as possible. Right? So close, huh? Trying to hear the voice of God, but He's whispering. He's whispering. What are we trying to do? Oh, I can't hear the voice of God. Of course you don't hear the voice of God. You're not near enough to Him. That's why we need to get close to Him. And we need to put away our false perception. And God is calling, come, come. And we need to be close enough that we can bend down, we can hear what is He whispering. That we are close enough that we can hear his heartbeat. But you know what's the unfortunate thing? We get close. The, the problem is we, we, we misconstrue it. We don't get close enough to God uh, that we can hear his whispers and his heartbeat. Uh. We get close to God uh, that we become familiar with him. Hey, Jesus, my friend, buddy, buddy. That's so close, what? You're close enough to punch your buddy, right? We do that. Hey, bro, how are you? How are you? That's what we do to Jesus. We think that's close. No. Because there needs to be a reverence. There needs to be reverence. Don't misunderstand that closeness for a, a, a relationship here. Okay? Because we go so close to God. We sing the song, I am a friend of God so much. Or we see lyrics in songs that God is my friend, God is my friend, God is my friend. That we treat God like friend, buddy, buddy. So we, hey Jesus, how are you? Why, Jesus? If we don't have that reverence with God. But you see, when you approach him like a child, you approach him in a, in a way that there's a healthy amount of reverence, but not, un, not, not false fear, right? That's the amount of closeness that he wants. He wants you close enough to his, his heart eh, and his mouth. But we are going behind him. Eh, and that's why we can see the word Jesus, uh, culture, society, media, says the name Jesus Christ so casually. Every movie, every show, you see, Jesus Christ, they use it as a curse word. They use it as an exclamation. Then how do you expect the, the name of Jesus to be glorified and to have power? When you demean and when you bring down the name of Jesus, you lose that and that's what we do. We mistake that we have a relationship with God, but we don't. We treat Him like a buddy, but no, God does. God does not, it's not that God doesn't want to be your friend there, but there needs to be a healthy reverence. No, and thank you, Pastor, for the illustration. And, and that's what we need to do. And the closer we get to God, we then begin to see ourselves the way we are supposed to see. Because every day when we look in a mirror, sometimes uh, we don't like what we see. But let me tell you something. You get close to God. Uh, God can help you point out your weaknesses, but also God will tell you why He loves you. 
because you are mine. That's why God taught you valuable enough that he paid his, his life. He laid down his life for you. So no matter what kind of lie or what kind of deception you might buy into, let me tell you today that you're worth it. That you're worth it. Because Jesus says you're worth it. And the closer you get to God, you begin to see the way that he meant to see you. You may not be able to perceive what God is doing in your life right now, but perhaps like Job, Job always asked, why, 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 why? When his whole life was going in a mess, he kept saying, why, why, why? You saw the whole book of Job, why? He kept asking her. The friends come and say, why, you bro, you must have done something bad, man. No, Job friends, I tell you, is the kind of friends that we shouldn't have. Hey, bro, you messed up big time, bro. Come for one. You hopeless, cannot help one. You know? And Job kept saying, why, why, why? But when he had an encounter with God, his why became who? Because he, he grew, grew closer to God and God says, who did this? Who created this? Who, who made men speak? Who did this? Who did that? And then Job was, oh my goodness. He, had, he suddenly had a healthy realization of reverence and holy fear. And he began to understand who was he talking to. See, he was a faithful man. The Bible says Job was a very faithful man. He was a good man. He did a lot of things good. He was nice. Basically, he would like, be a good Samaritan or a good person. But God allowed these things to happen and he had that. He forgot who God is and God had to switch his perception. And as you come to go, know God more and trust him, you realize God is the one who takes care of the whole universe. But he also cares for you. The documentary I was telling you about, um, it's on Disney+. Plus. It's a wonderful documentary. It's called Welcome to Earth. Fantastic documentary, cinematography. But every episode, Will Smith is narrating and he's telling you about the underwater, the sky, the, the sand, and all these things. And me and my sister are watching it, and we are like, oh my goodness, this is fantastic. And I begin to have this new appreciation for God, eh? about these creatures, and, and, and all these things that God has created. And, and Will Smith, at one point in time, they had to get this super high technology camera to record things that are going at God knows how many speed. They had to slow down like, like this lizard catching the, the, the prey. And they say that everything in life is going through very fast. It's just that we don't catch it. You know, and I'm like, wow, God, you're doing so many things here behind the scenes and I'm not even aware of it. So we need to understand that God is watching out for you. So today I'm here to tell you that hope awakens from His unconditional love. Hope awakens because God is our anchor. You see, when a boat is anchored, it doesn't drift away. When your life is anchored in Christ, the winds of adversity will blow and your life won't drift aimlessly in the waters of hopelessness, discouragement and hardship. Constant and unwavering, the God who stays is your anchor of hope. You know what else hope awakens? It awakens from God's word. Okay, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Romans 15.4 And finally, hope awakens to God's sovereignty. God directs and He redirects. Let me tell you something. We always are, don't have problem with God's direction. You know when we have issue? His redirection. Because we are always looking for His direction and then we get the direction, we're happy. Okay, then we go. Like Machan or Frodo and, Bill and all, all the people on this journey, you're like, yeah, we're going to do this. And then suddenly, nope, change of plans, go here. Ah, really, man? But I was so comfortable on this, track, this path. You want me to change now? That's where we have trouble with God's sovereignty, when He redirects. And hope presses on and looks ahead. 
Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. Known, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Faith is outshining fear and better days are coming. And finally, number four, it's day. Yes. All right? Dawn is over, day. Day means moving forward. Amen. In 2022, we are moving forward. Finally, day breaks. You find that letting go of the past is truly possible. It's time to move forward into your future. As the sun's ray into, into the dark corners of your life, you reawaken to the important things you have forgotten or put aside, like gratitude, serving others, building friendships, community, and maybe even living your dreams. Maybe you have shelved this aside. But then when you do an inventory, you realize, hey, I shelved this aside. Let me bring it down. Let me revisit that. Let me make use of that. You not only recognize what you've lost, and more importantly, what remains. Companionship, friendship, affection, hopes, dreams for your future, trust, control, self-respect, or even self-esteem. You see, remember I told you earlier, make a list of what you have lost. Guess what? Make a list of what remains. And, and the list that could remain means, it means what remains? God. Never changing, never leaving. Word of God, my really good friends, a supportive family, a, a, a community, hope. It's never, it's never disappearing. Amen. Things that remain, do a list of things that remain. If you're feeling very pessimistic, if you're feeling very negative, guess what? Do a list of things that remain. Change your perception. When you start to do the list, you're like, oh my goodness, I have so many things to be grateful for. Yes. You see... Marshall Crockett says, because you've been in the dark times, the hard times, you can appreciate the good. There is no victory unless the battle waged. There is no one who overcomes unless obstacles are hurdled. When we engage God, not ignoring Him, not taking Him for granted, we are renewed and exceedingly thankful. We begin to develop gratitude for who He is and how much He does for us. Amen. Praise and worship is the way forward. I remember Sister Hui, I think in the, in, the, in the worship video earlier, she said, praise looks good on him. Ah, oh, praise looks good on God. Give thanks, always. Give thanks because God is good. Give thanks because God's unfailing love. Give thanks because we have victory. These are, and these are just some of the reasons you should give thanks. There's so many reasons. Why don't we raise up our hand today and just give thanks to the Lord. Lord Jesus, today, Lord, we just want to take a praise break, Lord. We just want to take time to thank you, Lord, for all that you have done, Lord. I know it's been a long year, Lord. I know, Lord, it's been tough times for some of us today, but Lord, we want to praise you. We want to thank you for all that you have done, Lord. Today, I am here by your grace by your mercy, by your strength, by your goodness. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your provision, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you for your salvation, Lord, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to come to a close right now.
And worship brings healing and comfort. Remember, because more than singing songs, worshiping God puts focus on Him, not yourself. And He can lead you into the deeper levels of love in your relationship with God. You know why? Because God is a God of justice. He's a God of forgiveness. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. He's a God of compassion. He's a God of comfort. He's a God of wisdom. He's a God of guidance. He's a God of freedom. He's a God of healing. He's a God of goodness. He's a God of holiness. He's a God of majesty. He's a God of hope. He's a God of provision. He's a God of protection. He's a God of power and authority. And when we are filled up with the love of God, we are not as frantic or fearful or frustrated in our life and in our relationships. We are able to move on because we are no longer like that ship that's docked in the harbour. Guess what? A ship is not meant to be docked in the harbour. It's meant to go out there for adventures. And God has a plan for you. In 2022, He has a plan to move you out of these comfortable waters. Some of you might have put yourself in a dock. Some of you have said, no, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to take a, a break today. I'm going to just make myself comfortable. You say, no, why? everything out there seems bad. Everything out there is not good. But guess what? Ships are not meant to be in the dock. You can, you can be there to be repaired. Maybe this is a season of mending and repairing. But guess what? God wants you to go out there. God wants you to go out there because it's no longer time to get comfortable and quiet. You know why? That's called existing. It's not called living. So I'm telling you, if you were existing for the year of 2021, you're going to live in 2022. Instead of taking a blind leap, you're taking an informed leap of faith because you know who's steering the ship of your life. Because God is your captain of your life and your trust is built and fear subsides because you know He's entirely reliable and dependable and true. Because the Word of God says, I trust in you, O Lord. You are my God. And the promise of a new day awaits you. A chance for new beginnings. A blank slate. An opportunity. You take it to learn about making better choices as 2022 comes around. And guess what? In closing, I want to say this. Book of Isaiah chapter 43 verse 18 to 19 says, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, they have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. If you felt your life has been dry in the past year, guess what? God is coming. God is coming to create a river through that dry land, through that wilderness. Change is coming and the best days are here. Why don't we stand up right now? Have your way, do your will. In the name of Jesus, do your will, God. We embrace, God, all that you have for us right now. Lord, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. I know it's late, but I'm going to share something real quickly that he said that I think that is the, something that we need to constantly relook. There's a word that many people don't take notice. It's the word ari. Re. It's a prefix that means again. There are times that in life we are constantly coming back to this point. That's why God gave us different seasons. Seasons to again. Let's reevaluate. Again, life is tough. Where am I heading in life? Again, 
Jesus Christ is coming back again. Again, let's, let's talk about this word, repent. R-E-Pent. It's a walk of repentance. It's never a one-time affair. I come, receive the Holy Ghost, I repent. Repentance is a constant basis that we do constantly. The word repent comes from the Latin word that says the cause for me to change. Amen. And, 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 and Peter today is telling us, you know, we have all these different seasons of our life. And before we ask for a brand new year, how many of you want new year? I want a new year. But it's got to come from a renewal from the inside. If you want a new year, then you've got to change on the inside. A new you will require a new year. Amen. And, and, and that's what we're going to be talking about the first season. You'll be hearing a bunch of seasons. Repent or the word called change. Why are we so afraid of change? Amen. Everybody, you know, when you have an argument with your wife, the first person you ask is, I think you better change. <laughs> but the true fact is that you need to change. <laughs> you know, and I realized one thing. If I change me, the rest will change. Don't point the finger at somebody else because when you point the finger at somebody else, there are four fingers pointing back at you. Could you change your approach? Amen. Come on, everybody say praise the Lord. And here's the word, the, the word God, the word says this. Repent and the refreshing will come. There will be a restoration of our emotions. There will be a restoration of this new thing that God wants to do in our relationship with Him. And then there's this word restore, reconciliation. All this is a byproduct of this word called repent. Because when you repent and you turn towards God, God will give you stuff that you never thought about. Restoration, reconciliation, renewal of your mind. Amen. And it all begins right now. Can we just lay up our hands one more time? Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, here we are again. Lord, in this season of our life, Lord, as this year is going to end, God, there's going to be a closure. We accepted this season. Lord, that, that season is going to close right now. And God, as that season closed, God, we embrace the new season, God, by coming before you, God, turning our minds towards you. Bless all those that are here. Bless our guests and visitors, God, who are new here today. Lord, again, God, we are so grateful for your word today. We're so grateful that seasons change us. Lord, we don't have to be in twilight all the time. Lord, we don't need to go... Uh, 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 to seasons of darkness, God. But God, there is day waiting upon us, God, right now in the name of Jesus, God. And God, we wait eagerly for this new season of our life in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Turn to your neighbor on your left and your right say, it's going to be a new season. Amen. God bless everyone. You Thank you for being here. And remember to book your seats. Turn to your neighbor on left. Remember to book your seats. Okay, God bless you.